Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. It's the 14th of January. It is my maiden... I keep on saying my maiden vintage because you know where I come from, but it's my maiden interview for Carrie's Corner on the Biz News platform. And I've got none other than my favorite Jeremy Sampson in the studio with me. Jeremy, welcome to the first interview of the year. Carrie, <laughs> always good to be with you, especially on the first one. I know. And we must tell everybody that we, seasoned old professionals as we may think of ourselves to be, we're in a brand new studio today. Biz News has moved into very fancy flash, well they're not flash, but technically flash studios and we're learning how to use all this new equipment and stuff and for people like you and I that's a little bit of a testy moment isn't it? I think we're the guinea pigs. And <laughs> I it's, think it's we good are. good to see Alec and team and all I of you know. here and oh. lovely officers yes. and um, no, it's very exciting starting 2022 on the right foot which I think we've all got to be doing. We hope so. Well there are going to be just whilst we're on the subject of offices and studios and what have you, part of the plan this year within the Biz News Network is to do lots of Alex um, webinars and things here in the offices in Bryanston. And then I am going to be hosting, and I hope you're going to be part of some of them, um, wine tastings and things that we will host here as well. And hopefully when winemakers come up, they'll make use of the facility. We've got a lovely tasting room here that I'll show you later. So there's lots of nice things to look forward to. And as you say, starting off on the right foot. Well, that's exciting. Mm. Uh, it's very exciting because uh, there's been a lack of wine tastings um, in Johannesburg, especially the last couple of years. I get very upset on Twitter seeing uh, all the anoraks in the Western Cape seemingly still I doing know. all sorts of things. Lugging away. Oh, yes, and, and getting things delivered to their homes and bragging about them. And here up here, everyone forgets us, even though we drink, what is it, 70% of all the 70%. wine in South Africa. But I tell you what we have to do, I think, you and I. I do get samples sent up to me because, obviously, it's quite nice if we can taste them and we well, can talk about you're important, you see, but I'm Oh, not. I thought I was, but I'm not really... <laughs> So I think maybe that's a good pl uh, plan and a good point, Jim, is that when I do get samples and when you're around and able, we can taste them together and we can offer the Gautengas the same kind of updates that the Cape Tonians are getting from the winelands. Provided it's available also in Johannesburg. Yes. Because don't you find this, that sometimes you hear about things, and unless you're totally in the know like you are, we don't see them at all. I know. I see on Twitter yesterday, in fact, everybody in Cape Town talking about the new Sauvignon Blanc from Clan Constantia, the single vineyard, single block, whatever it is. We haven't heard anything about that yet, but we will. We'll make a plan to hear about that. Jim, I wanted to catch up at the end of last year, and of course things sort of ran out of control and COVID sort of swiped us all a little bit sideways. We normally catch up for the last however many years I was trying to count up with that was the year that was. So this is really a bit of an update on what should have happened at the end of last year. What was the year that was, 2021, for you? 
wine-wise. Well, in fact, any-wise. You know us, we can chat about everything. I think it was the total explosion of the ability to order wine online, to see what was going on. And um, I think a lot of the estates were very slow off the mark, not Mm. all of them. But then you know that digital retailers were up and going for it and marketing and special offers and being there all the time. And I think their business has exploded. Yes. Outside of the wine area, we know that one of the huge success stories in South Africa is Take-A-Lot. And now there are others coming along, such as Loot. But in the wine field, and it was great, actually, to go onto some of those sites and see all sorts of wines that, as I mentioned earlier, you often don't see up here at all Mm. or new wines available. Mm. Um, So that, to me, was one of the big bonuses. I can't remember when I last went into a bottle store. I know. It's starting to happen, isn't it? Mm. Everybody told us that it was going to happen, um, but you never know. And I'm I'm quite I'm quite scared of the speed with which this is all happening because we come from a world where you talk about something now and maybe in ten years' time it starts to materialize. Now you think about something, the next day somebody's talking about it, and the following day it's done. That's sort of where it's at. Yes, and you know people still say, well. Do you read digital books or do you read real books? And lots of people still say, I like to go into an exclusives or Mm. I like to feel the books and smell them. And to me, it's the same with wine. Mm. It's lovely to go into your your previous shop at Norman Goodfellow Mm. and just have a browse around and see what's there. And that ability, well, I guess it's going to come back, but it hasn't been there certainly the last 18 months or so. No. And I, speaking of, of retail, um, aside from my beloved Norman Goodfellows, I need to go and have a look. I believe that Colin Robinson has opened up a magnificent store for Ultra in Bears Nordea Drive in Johannesburg, Northcliffe. And that's something that you need to go and have a look at because that's a brave, bold step in a brave new world, which is largely digital, to put a lot of money into a big brand new retail, real life, not metaverse, not sort of chaff-chaff store. It's a real bricks-and-mortar store, which is becoming fast a thing of the past, I think. I think it is, and for a retailer to make that sort of investment, Mm. as you say, is very brave. Although Mm. my nearest ultra is at the top of Corlett Drive by Louis Botha, and to go up there is actually an education because really? I don't know if it's the lads from the Shabines or from where, from mm. Alexandria or whatever. And in fact, the last time I tried to get in, the car park was so full, Oh! I turned and drove away. Good for Colin. Um, well, he was well, doing she- such good business. And of yeah. course, the guys are pushing trolleys around the place. Mm. And business was good. But now, those Robinson boys have done extremely well. They have, yeah. They really have. Their business models working. In fact, I should maybe get them on the show and we should chat to them you and me, about the business of marketing bricks and mortar at this stage of the game. And Ultra, of course, used to have their own label, yes. their house label. Yeah. And the gentleman, I believe, retired. That was Mark Norrish. He's such a good That's friend. That's right, and it's and he was, Yeah, he was, a great, um, he was a great ambassador for real-life retail. Uh, he's retired to Neisner. But that label was fantastic, Yeah, and it's, it's gone. And and to me, that's very sad. I remember one year, I think it was when it came, Platter, Shenin, they gave one of Mark Norrish's wines a five-star. I do recall that. And it I was selling for about that. 45 bucks a bottle. Well, you know, that's another thing that we could touch on, Jeremy, actually, is I think 
the success of any um, any wine store or any booze store lies largely in the prowess of the buyer. And Mark Norrish was a fabulous buyer. He really was. He was an old hand at it. He knew exactly. He had a good palate. And he spent his life tasting and testing, as we all did, to make sure that we brought stuff to the shelves that was good. And to that end, um, I don't know if you know, that we launched a little Biz News wine club, Come Digital Shop, towards the end of last year. Um, Alec, out of Africa, always something new. He he obviously cottoned onto the fact that there's many wine clubs and or online sales of wine in South Africa, but not many of them linked to a media platform, which is what makes a couple of those international jobs so successful. So we're very happy and lucky to have a media platform that links to the shop, but at the same time, that's quietly my business behind the scenes is to curate or ensure that the quality of product that goes into or onto a digital shelf is up to standard. And I think that that's really where, even if you're online only, not bricks and mortar, you need to make sure that you are buying properly. Well, a brand is all about trust. You've always who said do that. you trust? And often it's personalities mm. like yourself. Like Alec with the news, you know, there's so much fake news around, you want who to know who you can trust, and it's in life generally. Mm. Who actually can you trust, would you put your life on? And I have to say that, you no, know, Archbishop Tutu was obviously a giant in the country, but who do you trust today amongst the leadership, I know. amongst your products, or what, what's going on? And this is where in wine, one thinks again of the personalities now, people like the Ken Foresters and people like that, where you know if he puts his name on to a something. label, yes. Bruce Jack, people like that, then try it. It's going to be fantastic. Yes. Well, we're looking and playing around with how this little digital platform is going to work. And to date, we've got, we've got Iona, we've got Fred Enlist, which is who's Donna Base. So we've got Andrew Gunn, we've got Donna Base, and then we've got the Pence brothers from Kruta Post. And they are all... Not just friends. I think I think the world's got to the stage where, or I've certainly got to the stage in my life where I want to do business with friends, mm. people whom I trust, mm. people whom I like, people whose values I share. That's you get old enough to earn those stripes, and you can, and the rest you don't have to worry about. But someone like Groot Post, you know, oh, what a fantastic nice heritage people. from what it was set up, yes. you know, what to do there and up on the West Coast there. It's so exciting. It's beautiful. And in fact, one of the reasons for our annual chat is to bring to my listeners always our favorite wines of the year. And I'm going to ask you for your list in a minute, but one of mine was the Grotepost Sea Salter. It is a Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend. I tasted it once. I tasted it when they when they released their maiden vintage. I think they're on their second or third vintage at this stage of the game of sea salter. And it's just got better and better. Jim, the current vintage of sea salter Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend is my favorite white wine of 2021. The end. It's just <laughs> delicious. Have you tasted it? I haven't. Mm. Uh, I've certainly tasted their wines. Mm. But 
Also, I find it interesting that you've got a son taking over from the father. Mm. And that's happening a lot in the Cape. You know, it's you nice to see generational sort of um, success. And I, I think, think they're three or fourth, third or fourth generation at, at oh, Wittepost. They are, yes. Yeah. yeah. They started off dairy farming. And I think great-grandpa Pence was a big dairy farmer. and I think he had a big farm in Constantia. I mean, can you imagine selling a dairy farm in Constantia? Then I would have killed my grandfather later if I could have. But they have got a beautiful property, as you know, in up the West Coast, which has now turned into a, and still a dairy farm from, from what I can gather, but making fabulous wine. And I went up the West Coast for a little snippet of a break. Um, I think it was just before Christmas time and with some friends of mine. And Nick Pence actually got in his bucky and came and delivered some wine to me to drink for the weekend that I was away. That's special. No, just so nice. And obviously he dropped off sea salter because I've been preaching the gospel according to sea salter for the last 18 months. But he also dropped off two bottles of their bubbly. He's making seriously smart bubbly. So those are two of the things that are on my list. Let me stop talking and ask you for a list or some insights into what you enjoyed drinking last year. Well, as you know, I'm not crazy about Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. I've always found it a bit acidy, mm. um, some of them in particular, but I'm generalizing too much. No, it's absolutely that, but that's what the Semillon does. Big fat splosh of exactly, sem sort of exactly. puts the brakes on the acid. And, that, and that's great when you yeah. have those blends. But I'm, Chenin is my favorite, and... I had a, a Miles Mossop Shannon last year, oh. which to me was a, a showstopper. It really? was absolutely fantastic. And What's his Shannon called? He calls all his names, all his wines after I, his children, I can't he? remember. I think it was. And it was quite a pretty um, label as well. Yes. But I think, you know, from leaving Takara, now going on his own, mm. and of course, again, his father was Mr. Port, wasn't he? Um, yes, you remember I can Tony? Use the word Port. Uh, yes, but, we do. And you and I have earned the right to be completely politically incorrect. And why not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think his wines are stunning. Um, also in our house, we've been drinking some Grenache Blanc. Oh. Um, and we've been drinking the KWV. It's the best. Which is the delicious. KWV. And if I want to really splash out, then the Mentors. Yeah. Uh, but that gets a bit expensive. It's not everyday drinking. But yeah. even the standard Grenache Blanc from KWV to us is, and that's, our favourite drink, I have I to say. I don't think I've had the standard. I have only had the Mentors. And I've spoken about it many times on, on air. It is one of my favourite white wines. But we were at a, a tasting when, um, I can't remember the lady's name, who looks after Ilza. And she was up here, and both of us went through the Mentors range, and in those days I think there were about nine or ten. Yes. And you said, the Grenache. That's oh, that the Grenache. One. They've got a Grenache Noir and a Grenache Blanc. At the moment, both of which are just highly recommended. Really, if you can find them. They're not easy to find. If you can find them. Yeah. And this is where if you order direct. But again, they're one of those organizations that I get very upset that they charge you delivery. You know, all the digital guys, if you order over whatever it is, 750, um, no charge. Whereas KWV, and I've even challenged them, and they say, no, 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 we're still going to charge you 
per pack of six whatever a delivery charge. And that makes it well, much you know, more expensive. It's interesting that you touch on that subject because I was going to say to you some of the highs and lows of 2021 for me, if I look from a business perspective, I think that people who are doing solid, efficient, fast distribution are going to be some of the wealthiest people in the world going forward because it's terribly easy to sit and click, clack, click, clack on your, on your laptop um, and shove the order through. It's not so easy to make that service delivery happen. And the courier guys, big shout out to them because they've been running their little touches off for the last 12 months or 18, 24 months since COVID happened. I don't know about you, but at my um, sort of estate where I live, there are a million career guys dropping off stuff on a daily basis, which just endorses your comment that people are no longer going to the shop, really. Yeah. But I think the distribution is massive, and I would absolutely love to put some of the KWV wines into the Biz News digital shop, and I might have to ask you to lean heavily on whoever the boss of KWV <laughs> is at the moment. Who is it? Well, it's still a, a gentleman who lives in London. Uh, Ultimately. Oh, really? Is it yeah. still? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, we're going to lean on him a bit because I would love, I'm a big, big preponderant of KWV wines. For the last 10, 12 years, I think if you look at all Michael Fridjohn's competitions, they feature hugely at uh, Old Mutual Trophy. They feature hugely on um, Christian Eads' wine mag site. Mm. You and I love them whenever we taste them. They are proper ones. So KWV is a goodie. It's interesting how, you know, my understanding is that go back 10, 12 years ago, Michael Fridgen was asked to get involved to turn KWV around because mm. they'd had, you know, some bad press and they, mm. one of their winemakers hadn't been, uh, should we say, totally transparent. Mm. And they brought in an Australian master yeah. winemaker, Richard Rowe. Richard Rowe. Who yeah. used to come out for about four or five years. Has Richard gone back to Australia he, now? He's gone back to Australia and he lives in the Margaret Valley area near Western Australia, near yeah. Perth. But he helped turn it around. And I think during that time, they won more awards than anyone has no, ever won. they are making But they've carried it on, which is the great thing. You know, yeah, they've had different fabulous. winemakers, but they really are very, very strong. She is fabulous. Um... I do think that we're going to have to do a little bit of of pressure there from, I was about to say pressure from the rear. That's a very old-fashioned and probably definitely not to be said anymore. But um, I would love to put some of those those KWV wines into the, into the business. But you talk about deliveries as well. You know, living in Johannesburg, I live near the Blue Centre, which is near the Wanderers, yep. uh, call it Drive. There's a large checkers there. You almost get run over by the scooters doing deliveries. They well, their sixty minutes plethora. thing has really worked oh. very well, and that's part of the that's part of the um, distribution champion that I was speaking to. to. Mm. You know, you haven't got a bottle. You phone them within an hour; it arrives. It's there. Yeah. They've done a fabulous job, and and I don't know. I mean, because I'm speaking to the brand guru of the world, Checkers have done such an amazing job about turning around their rep, haven't they? I mean, I shop at Checkers now as opposed to anywhere else. Mm. I shop at Food Lovers and Checkers. Mm. Mm. Checkers has really done a damn good job. But, you know, it, it is very interesting that one of the main changes in brand terms over the last two years, as you know, 
and with Brand Finance, which is Global Brands. Mm. They'll be bringing out their ranking of the top brands at the end of this month in a couple of weeks' time. The leaders are tech. Have they been are they still? Tech is absolutely dominant. You know, the Amazons and the Apples and the Microsofts. Mm. Second was banks, but that has now changed. This year, for the first banks. time, retail has overtaken. Retail in South Africa has come up dramatically as well. So between the checkers, the Woolworths, the spa, the pick and pays, they're coming up as well. That's good and to hear. As we're finding, because you can order direct, their brands are growing even more. And the competition, of course, is fantastic for you and I as the consumer. Yeah. Have you seen the brands, speaking of brands within brands, have you seen the simple or simply something brand that they've put into checkers? Go and have a look. So they've got somebody like Jan Hendrik from Volvergat, you know, that place up the West Coast, that super-duper Michelin-starred restaurant. They've got him to put together little bags of herbs and spices and this and that. And it says simple or simply, I should have researched it, I didn't think about talking, we were going to talk about it, but they've, they've carried it through to organically prepared cleaning materials for your house. Um, and I, every time I go to Checkers, I look for that little simple or simply logo that is a brand within the Checkers brand. Yep. Um, and it's, and it's a bit like Woolies did. You know, brands are launched on quality, really. Mm. So, so you're going to save up your whole life to buy a Rolls Royce because you know that it's got a pedigree and it's got quality. You can drive around in a, you know, polo or a city golf or a Fiat Panda or whatever it is. But when you really want to spoil yourself, you go with something that has a pedigree. And just to digress, Rolls-Royce announced their financial results two days ago, and they've just had a record year. Oh, my and it, gosh. And if you want one, you're going to have to wait for over a year <laughs> for delivery. <laughs> but aren't they owned by Volkswagen now or something anyway? BMW. <laughs> it's something equally ghastly. It should be Rolls-Royce. Yes, Rolls is BMW and Bentley is Volkswagen. Oh, my gosh. So I now you're stay. totally confused. <laughs> So that I'm going to have to. Find, I'm just going to stay with Porsche, but I think that Porsche is also owned by Volkswagen at yes, this stage of the game. Yes. So you either driving a Volkswagen. I tell you, Hitler knew a thing or two, hey? Well, he did. When it first was created you, in his time. yes, when yeah. first you what to deceive? The people's car. Yeah, the people's car, the car of the people, and look at it. It still is, and it's taken over the motoring industry of the world, really. And so, we won't mention Tesla, will we? Well, I believe that we can look forward talking brands. We can look forward to a Tesla telephone. Tesla telephone, Tesla batteries. You know, we won't have the problems of uh, outages if we have a Tesla battery in our house. So the way the world is changing, and that includes the world of wine. Everything is on the move at the moment. Yes. So I had a quick dibs at whose favorite wines were what from last year. Not many people are prepared to put their toppers on a block, but... I looked at Christian Eads's prescient report for, um, for, for the year, and he named Fergelechen his winery of the year. Let's talk about Fergelechen. Have you been recently? Funny enough, I was across the road at the end of November at Erinvale. Yes. And you know, that drive from the centre of Somerset West up there, Yes. And it's interesting as well that if you look at Jancis Robinson at the end of the year, 
she t- does uh, a weekly, which I've got in front of me, yes, the top we, reds uh, and we whites. Yes, we have to do that. And Verkelecken is there. Yes. And people forget that it's Anglo-Americans, but it's been through a complete revamp, hasn't it, mm. over the last decade? Yes, and you know that Terry Haber, who is the consultant winemaker at Holden Mance, mm has been consulting to to Vergelechen, um, and Terry is a protege of, I've got this COVID disease where I make everybody <laughs> play this game. It starts with a, <laughs> oh, gosh. No, you've lost me. You're but, a but, but, Michel Roland. Uh, Mich- and he, but, he but, himself is very controversial. Yes. But, but you're mentioning Holden Mance. Yes. What a success story that is as I well. Know. So let's go through Jancis's list of wines for the year. What did she say? Well, when it came to um, her white wines for Christmas, A.A. Bardenhorst got two mentions. Wow. Um, so up in the Swartland, you know, his secateurs and what's going on. Did she mention secateurs? Yes. Or the family? Both. Okay, that's good for Ardy. Very, very good. She mentions uh, Verkeleg and Sauvignon Blanc, the 2020. Yes. Uh, she mentions the Grendel, um, which she raves about, and Villarreal. And Villarreal in this country doesn't seem to get much no. coverage. Uh, Jeff Greer. Greer and the wines he produces always underneath the radar. He is amazing. Great quality. Yeah. And then um, and there's another A.A. Bardenhorst. So in, in the whites, very good coverage. We've got about six mentions. In the reds, which I thought would have been stronger, only three mentions. I've always said that South Africa makes much better white wine than red. They really do, and they're making some seriously good white wines. They are good red wines. Of course, you can't not speak about Mike Ratcliffe with his Villa Fonte, can you? And Seriously Old Dirt. Seriously Old Dirt. As his second label, so-called, is is shooting the lights out as well. Shooting the lights out. What reds did Jancis recommend? Well, it's it's a very limited range, but um, she's got um, Reineke, uh, his organic wines, as I mentioned. He's done well. Vergelegen. Uh, Again. Again. And that is it. So there are only two out of, I don't know, there must be about 40 wines. Mm. So mm. that's how she sees it. But, you know, you and I would talk about, I don't know, the Takaras, the Merlas, the Canonicops. Yes. I don't think she's crazy about anything Pinotage at all. No. Um, so she's looking at pure, if that's the right term, Classic wines, mm. and I don't mm. think in that. Area. I know she's loving the. I know she's loving the Swartland wines, as are a lot of the English um, journalists, wine it, journalists. Yes, and in previous years, she's mentioned a lot um, from. Uh, who is the couple? Now my mind starts is with her. <laughs> the Molyneux. <laughs> yes. uh, and, you know, their wines. And I think this is the first year, probably for the last three or four, she, she, has hasn't. Not, she hasn't mentioned them. Mm. Now, I know in South Africa they're regarded almost as the top estate. Well, they're becoming sort of cultish, really. And it's getting confusing the way things are being almost fragmented. I know, because it's quite hard to follow now, which is Molyneux, which is Molyneux and Liu. Liu yep. There's Kloof Street. There's, you know, there's a whole mixed bag. Mm. I must actually get Andrea and Chris on the blower and speak to them about it and say to them, send a clear message because your wines are brilliant. Their wines are brilliant. Absolutely. But they're so, getting very, very expensive. They're very In expensive. In South African terms, they're almost looking for the overseas market. No, Kloof Street, what is a red and a white, both, I don't know, about 110 each. But they're very, very good quality, whereas the others, 
started about three, four hundred. Go up to over a thousand. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of money for a bottle of wine. Yeah. And there's a place for that. Sure. But it's, it's becoming more and more difficult to, to drink a bottle of thousand rand but wine. But what do you call a luxury wine? Is, is it from about 800, 1,000 upwards? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because it used to be, entry level used to be between 50 and 100. Then we used to have middle of the road, your sort of, I don't know, what could we equate it to car-wise, your, your Audi A3 maybe, <laughs> that, that would be between 150 and 230 max. And anything over and above that was, a, was an expensive wine. Mm. And then we got, I think Ernie Else was possibly one of the first, or perhaps Jeremy Ord with the gem, came oh, out with a wine that was over a thousand rand. That was Waterford, wasn't Waterford. it? Waterford. I think Jeremy, up. yeah, I think Jeremy was the first one with the Waterford that was 1500 rand. I, maybe it was seven, I don't know. And, and Ernie Else came up with his, um, Big Easy 15, and 16, like that. or something or yep. whatever it is, 1629, I can't remember. But they started to slowly creep in and everybody then gave their sort of, their, what do you call it when it's a, the piece de resistance from the farm. And they were all over a thousand rand a yep. bottle. It was like icons, creating icons, yeah. something to ascribe to. I can tell you that not many of those wines sell in profusion. Um, although with the advent of adding the rest of South Africa's population to our retail basket, I have a lot of customers who are asking me to fill up their cellars with things like that. So they want a cellar that's got sort of small, medium and large. And a lot of those top-end wines are going into those cellars. But you're looking at Villa Fonte C now, which is around about 1,800 rand a bottle. And I remember probably five years ago buying a bottle of that from your shop. And as I recall, it was around about 600 rand. It was. It and was. The way, so that price is more than, well, trebled almost. So when you talk about investment wines or whatever. It's definitely one of them. Yeah. And then, of course, we can't talk about, I can't talk about favorite wines of the year without mentioning um, the Krieger brothers because Canoncorp, will remain forever in my heart <laughs> as the first icon from South Africa. They've mm. been amazing the way they've marketed that brand. They keep it simple. They keep it slick. You never hear a bad, nasty word about anything. There's no gossip. There's no grumble. There's no nothing around those Kricher boys. They just get stuck in and make fabulous wine. And they don't rip the you-know-what out of it when it comes to price. I went to the launch of their new Pinotage um, at Summer Place mm. uh, towards the end of last year. It's delicious. Needs to be in the bottle for a lot longer, obviously. But um, it's just gorgeous. And it's wine that's under a 1,000 rand a bottle. In fact, I think it's around about six or 700 rand a bottle for their… Which is fantastic value. It's internationally accepted as one of the best sort of kick-ass wines of the world. And they really haven't ripped the you-know-what out of it. But I had an interesting day some years ago when I set aside a day to visit some of the estates I hadn't been to, the well-known ones. And I spoke to Siobhan Thompson, who heads up Weser, mm. and she said, well, tell me where you've been and where you haven't been. And 
After about five minutes, she said, well, this is easy. You drive up the motorway towards Powell, you take a right, <laughs> and you start at Canoncock. Absolutely. And then she said, you go down that road during the course of the day, and when you get to Mirlust, that's the end. You stop. Yeah. But there are about seven or eight through that, uh, you know, and you go to Rustenburg, which I hadn't been to before. Oh, you go to they're Lanzarac, doing a lovely job in um, Rustenburg. Marathi, um, Delheim, they're all on that road. And I have to add, I wasn't drinking. You know, people thought oh. I was mad. I'd go in and I'd have a good look Were around. Were you spitting? Oh, I always spit. Do you? Oh, it's very important. When you're going on a trip like that, you spit. But you do, did, when you ended up at Merlas, did you sip a bit? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I learned, you know, going to Bordeaux and places like that. You have to learn to spit um, because that's very important. And that way, of course, you know, sipping and gulping and tasting and drinking are all different. Yeah. So, Jim, if we were to do a top red and a top white from Jeremy Sampson for 2021, have you got such an animal? I would have a Villafonte up there, and I think I'd have a, a Ken Forrester FMC. That's the sort of area I would be looking at. But I, I stress that being in Johannesburg, not being part of the wine group, as I mm. put it, I find the choice is sometimes limited, very frustratingly limited. Mm. When you see about all these gorgeous wines and new wines coming along, I, I think I mentioned to you I was given at Christmas a bottle of Saboteur, which I'd heard about, but I hadn't seen From anywhere. From Niels Verberg, it's delicious. Absolutely delicious. And Gorgeous wine. And what a strong, wine. robust wine, but absolutely mm. fantastic. Yeah. Well, you see, that's from the Bort River region, which we can't really ignore. There's some And Luddite and Beaumont. Well, that's right. Yeah. I mean, there are regions that are now starting to, um, they're starting to express their gorgeousness in different ways. Mm. So we definitely, as much as I've always wanted... Appalachian control in South Africa, which is what they have all over the world, well, certainly in France, Italy, Spain. Um, the wine is starting to speak for itself because we know now that we love Sauvignon Blanc from Durbanville and maybe going up the west coast of the country. They make fabulous Sauvignon Blanc, including Constantia. It's going all on that same sort of western side of the, the country. The colder side, yeah. The colder side. And then we know that Cabernet is absolute king in Stellenbosch. We do know that. And they're starting to sort of puff out their chest and, and take their pride of place on the Cabernet sort of podium. Of and the I know world. Mike Ratcliffe is trying to get Stellenbosch as a brand and you know, get the Stellenbosch people together. Mm. That, as you say, it becomes known for... That's it. And then we know that, that Franschhoek produced some seriously gorgeous Chardonnays. So we're loving the Chardonnay from Franchot. Not that they're producing anything else that's dreadful, but their Chardonnay is sticking itself up head and shoulders above the rest. Then we move down to the sort of Hermanus Walker Bay area where we know that Pinot Noir is loving life. Pinot Noir is loving life in Walker Bay. They're making beautiful stuff down there. And then we need to go to Tilburg and some of those other regions for, for the Syrahs that are packing a punch. And, and across and to Elgin. And across to Elgin. The, the, and the, the whole area, as you say, the quality of the wines, I think, is improving all the time. Yeah. We're so spoiled for choice. Mm. And it's one of the things I made a considered decision. Buy South African, drink South African. Yeah. Well, do you know what I think I'm going to do? Because you are a very big 
constant part of my life and my wine life. I think that maybe we should look at doing a monthly quick podcast for all the business community members and whoever listens to us and looks at us. Unfortunately now, as we said, it's no longer just radio. They've got to look at us as well. But anyway, um, I think we should catch up possibly once a month if we can with our find of the month, a quick podcast, our find of the month red, our find of the month white. And if I get anything interesting, I'll immediately contact you. We drink it and then we bring it to the people just as a bit of a fun thing so that the, the Johannesburgers and anybody outside of the Western Cape, which we know is royalty, um, <laughs> us mere mortals also get to find out about what's new and what's hot and what's not. I think that's a great idea mm. um, because we need to bring the Cape up to Johannesburg, to Hauteng, yeah. and the Cape hasn't done it, so we must do it. Let's do it. And, 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 and the what opportunity better? We've is got huge. all the tech. Yeah. <laughs> Alex given us all of the stuff that we can make use of, so let's do it. Um, and I think that maybe what we need, we will catch up and we'll make a plan between us. But for the listener out there or the viewer, that's what I think we need to make a plan to do for 2022. Uh, yeah. And it's so exciting this time of the year because I don't know if they've started picking the grapes yet. You know, normally in your programs, you, such... you talk to people, yeah. they're picking before Christmas or whatever. And the weather's been very strange, and they've had hot, a lot of rain hot, down there. Hot, So geographically, by different pockets, it must be very, very complex. Yeah. Well, I'm going to speak next week to a couple of people about the, the harvest, the coming harvest. Cape Town has been unbelievably, impossibly hot. Massive extended heat wave in Cape Town. I don't think that that's extended right across the winelands, but it has been hot. And then, of course, with unseasonal torrential rain. So I do know of a couple of farms that are experiencing downy mildew in the vineyards, which is going to start causing a problem. Um, but we'll catch up. I'll catch up with some of the wine farmers next week and we'll be able to do a vintage or a harvest report. Jim, mm. what's in store for you for 2022? I think for all of us, as an overarching thing, is let's get back to normal in life. Mm, please. Um, and I think... To be blunt, South Africa is doing a lot better than most people. They are. And though, you know, already this, this year, the last week or so, talking to colleagues in, in Europe, um, they're having a tough, tough time still. Mm -hmm. People aren't going into their offices. So let's get back to normal and let's get back to having a good dop from now, time to time. <laughs> and uh, let's also explore because, uh, as we're illustrating, the choices out there are huge. Yeah. And South African wine farmers have had a very, very tough time the last two and a half years. Let's support them and help them. And when I see record sales of wine, South African wine, overseas, that's great. But when I see the volume of unbranded wines leaving the country, that saddens me. Because we all know that commodities are the cheapest. You've got to have brands and you've got to have labels. We've got so many in South Africa, but we need some heroes, some real heroes. And that's where someone like a Villafonte seems to be emerging almost alongside Pamonkov. And, and Hamilton Russell. You know, we everywhere you go, how can we forget Oliver yeah. and Anthony? But yeah. everywhere you go in the world, there is a bottle of Hamo Russell somewhere. And he's just flown the South African flag for many, many years. He's been amazing. Mm. So there are brands like that, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot more youngsters. We need to help the young winemakers 
get their brands out there. Well, the savages and people like That's that. That's it. Producing gorgeous to. wines. I know. And Donovan Rawl, gorgeous mm. wines. Mm. We've got so much to chat about. You and I, as ever, can talk for a million days, forever and ever and ever. But we my knowledge to, is on the surface. You, oh, can, you, can drill, you can drill right down. Well, we do. <laughs> whenever I'm with you, it makes me excited about brand, brand South Africa, brand Vino. I love it. And I think that between us, we could give a lot of, the, in, lot of help and leg up to the, to the industry. So let's do that. Great idea. Jeremy, thank you. As always, you are one of my best. We are going to make a, a date, a monthly date, if you can fit it in. I know that you've got lots of girlfriends. I know that Sharon shares you with me and many others. I do hope that we can spend, honestly, a, a an hour, a half hour a month uh, bringing what's new, what's hot, what's not to the business communities. Gary, thank you. It's always a privilege to be with you. And I'm right with you. You know, South African wine needs ambassadors like you. Yeah. And if I can help a little bit, fantastic. We're in. Thank you, Jim.